0: This podcast is a Royfield-Brown production. Find others on iTunes.
1: All right. Yeah, I know. Hello, I'm Sarah Smith, proud sponsor of Dumpty Dum. If you want to polish up your Albion, give your optics a wipe, or even mop up after your ferrets, Sarah Smith cloths are eco-friendly, reusable, and washable. And, you know, a bit posh. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's for the posher washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum.
2: Hello Royfield and Lucy. It's Jan from Can calling in with my version of Dum Tee Dum.
3: Dum 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 dum
4: Alright. So without further ado, um Lucy V. Freeman, is there anything you'd like to say to our esteemed guest?
5: Oh, um no. Apart from we did have lots of people who just wanted to say, I haven't got a question, but I think it's brilliant. Can you just tell her that? <laughs> so there we are. Oh, We're telling
6: you that. really kind of them. Well, it really is. It's lovely to when people say that. I know.
5: It's yeah. It's like for us as well you just feel because it's something that you like doing anyway and then it just feels like gravy when people say exactly oh yes but i i I, you know it makes me happy yes very good (laughs) well thank you for that
4: well don't thank us well we haven't said that it's the listeners (laughs) because this is Dumbdy Dumb the show about the reality docu drama that centered on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands I'm the smoking smudge stick that is Royfield Brown and with me I have Underwood's dressing gown that is
5: Lucy Freeman and joining us today we have AJ from The Plarchers hello everyone yay
4: and the most important part of our house cleansing ceremony folks is you now today's rendition of Barrett Green is brought to you by Jan Mitchell who this week sent Lucy and I not one, not two, not even three, but four cinnamon buns all the way from Canada land. Uh, Lucy, mm. my cinnamon buns were absolutely scrummelicious. How are yours?
5: Well, I don't know. Would you like to tell me how mine were?
4: Faring yours are fantastic, mind- also. US- goes-
5: <laughs> well, it was just like. You're the you just other side posting, of London You just get posting Pictures on Twitter Of this is me Eating Lucy's buns This is me eat, <laughs> Oh dear That's funny <laughs> This is me You know Look With at them With no, your mouth Around your buns fr- LAUGHTER
4: <laughs> but I tell you <laughs> yeah. what though Jan Mitchell I love you dearly Jan and I swear to high heaven the next time I'm anywhere near Vancouver you know border guards permitting if I'm the wrong side of the US Canadian border I will come a knocking because you know what she did so she wrote this lovely letter and she said so Royfield what I've done is I've posted you four Cinnabons and I've I froze them I've, I've put them in a cooler bag and I estimate that by the time you get them all will sufficiently thawed that they would be incredibly fresh. Lucy your buns were amazingly fresh and succulent. <laughs> I've no, I know a whole load of Cinnabon Hand fun. Hand on heart
5: you're the only person in the world who's ever said that I have
4: to say. <laughs> <laughs> but listen folks if you two want to butter me up feel free to send me cakes buns anything just direct message me I'll give you my address send them in the post I'll <sighs> be smashing and super. Right now Lucy. Yes. Can you remind our wondrous listeners, our kind listeners, our listeners that like to bake haven't won the accolade of Dumpty Dummer of the week?
5: Yes, if you want to sing us a Dumpty Dum build us a rat trap or give Christine a lethal injection, please get in touch via speakpipe on the site or ring 0313105. 03 Thanks to Harriet at Shambridge for her amazing voices, who is also working with Royf on his Ten American Presidents at the moment, and lovely Sarah Smith for sponsoring Dumpty Dum. And thanks also to Derek for the load of the back bedroom. Derek is working with Susan to create some cocktails for Mike's leaving party. So far, he suggested a peachy screw and an eager beaver, but she said he'll have to wait till after (laughs) she's made the (laughs) chilli.
4: Oh, you're filthy, you are, you know. But first this week, we have calls from a whole load of people from all four corners of the globe. First one is Jacqueline Berto who I'm going to talk about later because she's most awesome and we had, I had a lovely chat with her. Now Jacqueline foresees a pregnancy. Jojo Sexy Hills who thinks that we'll have a new Nigel Parches her. Oh god I hope not. Uh, Witherspoon who thinks we should be kinder to Auntie Cardboard. Bly Spirit chimes in who thinks that Kate is beyond belief. Yokel Bear who defines hell. And Andrew Horn bringing up the rear who thinks that the end is in sight for Heather Pet. But first, before all of that good stuff, we have some stuff which, yeah, some weeks it's good, some weeks (laughs) it's not so good. You know, it's Lucy V. Freeman and a unique sideways glance at the last seven days in Ambridge.
5: pet is trundling on they're moving her down to the stroke ward don't tell Toby there is even such a thing as he'll be there like a shot open farm Sunday was rubbish at Brooker's three people turned up one of them was Rex the sheepdog who ran round in circles for a bit and then sat down and licked himself however at Barrow Farm there were fireworks Kirita Kana was singing Ave Maria bunny girls a naked barbecue and no dead cow which made a pleasant change from last year Mm. so it looks like it's bye bye Vicky and little Bethany. Mike's been relegated to the shed, which he is supposed to be clearing out, but I think he's going to do a Julian Assange, bolt the doors and refuse to come out. Roy's going to have to feed him beans through the knotholes in the wood. In fact, maybe Auntie Cardboard could join him and they could make a sort of laurels without the raffia work. Hey, Lucy, he had an. Im- what? is there an Ecuadorian consulate
4: in Felpersham.
5: I wouldn't imagine so, Isn't no. Isn't that where Julian Assange kind of locked himself? In yeah, his- he's still there. Yeah. Yeah all
4: right then so sorry so that oh so it was just like a kind of oh okay so so he did this clever
5: (laughs) (laughs) cleverer than you clearly (laughs) um uh yes uh he had an emotional mike had an emotional farewell with neil and eddie from the cider club where they all discussed the good old days like when his wife died he lost an eye and went bankrupt Susan (laughs) was horrified at Jenny Darling's suggestion that they celebrate Mike's leaving with some designer beer and a few sandwiches. Designer beer? He's not exactly the designer beer type, is he? He's a horny-handed son of soil. Give him a corona and the first thing he'd do is get the lime stuck up his nose. (laughs) There was a strange interlude with a homemade rat trap, which I couldn't quite fathom. But unless the rat trap pops up in a later episode as integral to the culvert plot... I'm just assuming that was one of those archers' uh. anecdotal cul-de-sacs we sometimes get led down. At times, listening to the archers is like talking to someone at a party whose funny stories don't actually have a point, And then you end up saying, so what did happen? And they say, oh, I don't know. And you just have to adjust your expression of eager anticipation. At first, I thought, as I'm still continuing to do, the rat trap will somehow attract and he will be found in it or under it or on it and then I realised Scruff is gone and I have to let it go Unbearable Kate roped poor Phoebe into a terrace cleanse on Tuesday to clear away testosterone Toby's purple sprinklings then the stage was set for Unbearable Kate's house cleanse Preparations for a normal person's house cleanse involve sif and a pan scrub, but Kate's featured burning sage twigs to cleanse negative spirits, vodka sprinkled liberally liberally all over areas of contention, and cranberry juice and sister leave for the morning after if Toby's going to be there. It also featured Brian in a dressing gown, a startling sight no doubt, as he was called when Kate's smudge stick set the alarms off. The award for the most bowel-clenchingly embarrassing phrase of the year already goes to Unbearable Kate shouting, Let's do some smudging! I actually went, ah, out loud when she said it, and I heard it twice and did that both times. My love for Brian, however, only increased this week. Firstly, when he sniggered and said, no danger of that, when Kate told him to stay away from her vegan ingredients. (laughs) And secondly, when we discovered that Brian sits in his bath with red wine listening to the Grand March from Aida. I bet he has little boats that bob around in there with him too. (laughs) But Toby was not there. Mm. uh, Following a heavy-handed scene in which he got his bottom smacked by Vivat Rex, who said, if you carry on like this, it will be Brighton all over again. But as usual, we got no more detail than that. What did he do in Brighton? Burn the pier down in a hilarious public school dickhead prank? Quite why Vivat Rex is going into business with a man he clearly cannot stand and is a source of constant embarrassment, even if he is his brother, I have no idea. Adenoidal Alice is back and is now on the Fate Committee. What can go wrong with her faultless track record of event organisation? The first action of the Fate Committee (laughs) on Adenoid joining the Fate Committee was to immediately vote to cancel the Fate. Linda thinks it is defeatist and cannot see the problem in trying to hold the Fate on a village green that's going to look like the Battle of the Somme crisscrossed with sewage pipes, but she's always looked on the bright side. Maybe they could play some traditional country games like Name That Smell, Who's Up The Culvert, and pinned the blame on Ed Grundy <laughs> Auntie Cardboard, Hootie Jill and Peggy Woolley went out for a jolly day out to cheer up Auntie Cardboard it didn't work overly well as Auntie Cardboard at the moment could make Timmy Mallet depressed but anyway, she kept going on about wanting a fuchsia but not wanting it because there was no point as she didn't know where she'd be, so everyone kept saying so you're not sure about the fuchsia then Christine, so I was left shouting, yes fuchsia future we get it, shut up At one stage, Jill said, she can't go into the laurels. She's still so full of life. Which was astonishing as Auntie Cardboard has never been full of life. Full of horsehair, tweed and cake. Yes, but never (laughs) full of life. Charlie rang Adam and invited him over for a quick one on the off chance. Once again, Adam broke the land speed record trying to get there and then discovered he'd misheard and Charlie actually meant pulled pork as a lunch dish. Charlie needs to make his booty calls a little clearer, I think. So there we have it. Bye-bye to the interesting, funny, character-driven tuckers with their distinctive voices. And hello to the bland, fair brethren and their dysfunctional sibling relationship and middle-class kit, Rada accents because we really don't have nearly enough of them. The end.
4: Mm. Can mm. I just say, big love goes out to Terry Malloy, who yeah. played Mike, who we hope will be back and he gave us lots of love on the twitters he did and if you want to follow him folks you can follow him at tucker's patch on the twitters and he's very lovely and he responds to tweets posed his way and lovely guy and was it 40 years it's been played mike 42 of Four- crumbs Forty-two years of, of Mike Tucker, uh, lovely gentleman. Follow him on the Twitters, give him lots of love. Uh, you will be missed, and, and, so and we'll... very
5: appreciative of his audience.
4: Absolutely, absolutely, um, and so will uh, that part of the Tucker family. All very sad. Mm. All very sad. Uh, but the the little uh, the little um, link to Doctor Who was, was rather lovely, and the yes. little line about that Scottish yeah. that Adam said. Yeah. But let's Lucy mm. uh, now go and speak to Archie.
5: Shall guest. we just explain why that is lovely? The arch, the Doctor Who link is because Terry Malloy played Davros on the Archers on, on <laughs> Doctor Who. <laughs> who was, uh, is he? King of the Daleks or yes, Chief uh, King of the Dal- yeah. Chief Dalek?
4: Whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's not bad this week, Lucy. Well done. But um, AJ, our esteemed guest, what do you reckon to Lucy's monologue?
6: Oh, I love it. Every week, she just nails it for me. Are you just saying that because you're
5: on our show? I I said, because she never ate my cinnamon flipping bun. That's why I'm loving her. (laughs)
4: Listen, AJ, if I'd have put a cinnamon bun in front of you, would you have eaten it? Would you have cared whether it was actually mine or Lucy's? thought not I'm there not you go I'm not a
6: massive <laughs> cinnamon fan so <laughs> I, you I probably would have no I'm not oh that's that, that, that bad yeah I, I don't know I maybe I had a you know too much of it as a child but no I, I'm i not a massive cin- so naturally I wouldn't eat it
4: well
5: well conversation's done. Right taking answer. a bit of a
4: turn There, I wasn't expecting that answer <laughs> <laughs>
5: well not everyone is a git
4: But first off, right, for people who aren't on the Twitters, AJ, what the bejesus is Plarchers? Uh,
6: So the Plarchers is key scenes from uh, this week's omnibus episode of the Archers, um, done in, we're using Playmobil, and then tweeted um, alongside the, the, when the omnibus goes out on the radio. Is okay. that a good explanation?
5: I, I it, don't it, know. What? Yeah, it, it, it is. It is. But,
6: um, but what, you're, what,
5: what, what you're very modestly missing out is the fact that it is brilliant, and somehow you're <laughs> managing to encapsulate, like the whole, like for example, Rob Titchener is represented as Dracula with a swirling, <laughs> a swirling cloak with the wind billowing. And I mean, how? For, I have a, I have a million questions. <laughs> the, the most of which, do Playmobil actually make? all those characters? Or are you modifying the ones that there already are? Can I quickly jump in though? Um, just
4: for people who haven't seen it, what exactly is Playmobil?
6: Uh, so Playmobil is, is it's kind of like Lego, but, but uh, not really. It's um, a German toy that uh, is small plastic figures. Um, and then um, we obviously, Um, use a lot of the farm sets so they produce uh, all kinds of things, tractors, different animals, uh, different farm buildings, Um, but then you might have seen us using um, elements from other Playmobil sets, they do pirates, so for the Ambridge Flood the rowing boat was actually one of the pirate ships um and then and i'm very excited about the fact that they're digging up the village green because that means i can go and invest in some of their uh workman sets as well so they really are they're just they're just plastic children's figures um but yeah when you say good when,
5: when you say us is it more than just you
6: No, it's actually just me. I always talk in the plural, and I'm not sure why. (laughs) I think it's
5: probably because you spend a lot. Probably because you spend a lot of time talking to small plastic figures, so you've started to think of yourself as us now. Yes, me and the cast. Um, <laughs>
4: but you, no. uh, you, you are kind of selling yourself short here. In that, it isn't just the fact that you've managed to create this kind of like great, uh, uh, recreate the great universe of Borsicchia through Playmobil. You also have a great comic eye and a, an yeah. eye for composition, and you can take a mean photograph. Yeah. So, um, how exactly have you arrived at being so fantastically awesome?
6: Well, this is this is really kind of because I, I, I think that probably. I'm not that good at it actually. I I I would love to get to get better at taking the photos, actually. I I spend my whole time um asking I work with a, a lot of professional photographers and I, I spend my whole time going, yeah, but, but how can I get them better lit? And they just look at me and just go, you're mad, <laughs> and wander <laughs> off. Um I think it's that if I have the time to think about it, it's always sometimes quite nice to do a picture that is a bit um, slightly off the wall, because um, one of the things when I started doing it, um, I, I very quickly realised that actually when you, when you actually sit down and analyse an episode of The Archers, there is quite a lot, and this sounds obvious now, of characters just talking to each other and not an awful lot of action. Yeah. So sometimes you do have to, to, to just look for other ways of, of making the scene a bit comedic.
5: When, when, when someone new join when, when a new character arrives, do you ever think, oh, my God, am I going to do them? Or do you just think, hurrah, oh, that's, yes, I can see exactly how that one's going to look.
6: Well, um, I, so I I think there's, a, I saw a question on Twitter that was, how do we actually do them? Uh, do we do them during the week as the episodes go out? Yeah. Or do we wait until all, all of the episodes done? Yeah, that was
5: Sally Annaly actually. She said, are the scenes created and photographed throughout the week, so they're all ready to tweet during the omnibus. Is that how it works?
6: Um, Kind of. What happens is if I'm being really good, then I do it uh, during the week. But that probably happens about one week in five. Um, They normally get done on a Saturday. And if uh, I really have been incredibly lazy on Saturday, sometimes they get done very early on Sunday morning. Um, But when I, I listen through the week, so if I hear a new character come up, um, then there is a chance either to go through the many many spare models that I've got to see if there's one that fits, or in the case of Hazel Woolley, uh, who is played by a dragon from one of the dragon sets. <laughs> um, then as soon as I knew Hazel was back in, I was like, I've, I've got to go and find a Playmobil dragon, and right. and I did. Uh, yep. So so you know that it it, it kind of depends. I have to say that in the case of uh, Vampire Rob, um, even before I would started doing this, when I was still kicking around the idea of whether of how we could do it and and if it was possible, I had seen the Playmobil Vampire set, and and I thought that's got to be Rob because <laughs> you know there is something of the night about him, <laughs> uh, and and he just he just that figure seems to fit his character so well.
4: He's proper Hammer House of Horror. You know, as as opposed to Buffy and the vampire slave, those the vampires there were all kind of bit kind of cuddly, weren't they, before they bit you on the neck? But he's he's going to he owes a lot to Christopher Lee, god rest him, yeah, he died this week.
6: Indeed. Yeah,
4: now, um, following on from that, uh, and you might have slightly answered this, but Alison Nozilla underscore 63 on the Twitter says, were the Playmobil figures bought for the purpose or they rent from the hands of poor weeping children
6: <laughs> no they're bought for the for the uh for the purpose so um although uh, some some friends have since started to offer up their children's playmobile uh to me. so the answer is yes w- without then. without
5: checking with the children then yeah, yeah exactly Just giving it away <laughs> mommy
6: has a reason to be taking these away from you um no it's Genuinely, um, for my birthday this year, I did get the Playmobil farm set, which everyone at the time, because I hadn't started doing this, just looked at me as if I was quite strange, including the person who bought it for me. Um, But uh, yeah, I'd then just basically go through eBay, go through um, various other online stores looking for pieces. Some pieces are new, some pieces are secondhand. Um yeah so that's that's kind of So how, how did how,
5: initially I mean how were you listening to the Archers and then thought I can see how this would look in Playmobil did you look at Playmobil and think oh that looks like Jill Archer how did the <laughs> how, how? <laughs> it, comes, it a shout
6: out to my nephew here um we we spent christmas with my brother and his family and uh Wilf for Christmas got the Playmobil farm set which is the basis for all of this and naturally, all the men in the family did about 10 minutes of putting it together and then wandered off to go and find something else to do. And I was just uh, putting various parts of this together and just thought to myself, do you know what, you could actually start to, to recreate bits of The Archers using this. Now I've listened to The Archers for more years than I care to you know, remember, in fact, more decades than I care to remember. And I, I suddenly thought, this could actually work, but then it took me another couple of months before I actually decided to have a, a go at it. And in fact, I, I bought loads of Playmobil, and I still hadn't started started even having a go at, at potentially how it could how it could work. And the first week I did it, I just I didn't tell anyone I was doing it. I just used the archers hashtag, and it really kind of all took off from there. And people were so kind and so nice and said how much they enjoyed it. Um,
5: so were and, you on were you on Twitter before? Yeah, as, yeah. Okay. Are you still on it now, or something different? Uh, yes, uh, but you I, are very you are very very cloak and dagger about your identity, aren't you? <laughs>
6: Well, it's it. It is a bit difficult, really, because um, uh, I do uh, online online kind of um, media for for work as well, and I kind of like to keep the two of them separate. Yes.
5: Um,
6: so, um, but you don't I, do anything
5: yeah. to do with the Archers online media, do
6: you? No, no, no. no I, am, okay. I I have worked for Beeb in the past, but no, I am nothing to do with the Archers. Okay.
5: How intriguing. Absolutely. <laughs> uh,
4: Valerie Bayliss says, oh, where did you get the idea for Ambrose's synthetics you You've answered that. But she also then followed up by saying she would love to see how you would have made Mrs. Antrobus, Nigel or Nelson.
6: Oh, that's that's interesting. I, I'm. Ah, um... <sighs> do you know, I I don't know. The the trouble is that I, it's very rare that I kind of come up and think, "Ooh, I'm looking for that kind of figure. it it actually comes that generally I see the figure and think that person could do very well for so-and-so. So so it'd be quite hard to kind of guess that. But what I would say is I am one of the people who felt that the scriptwriters, who I don't like to criticise for the most part, but I felt they missed a trick, actually, in killing Nigel off. Um, I think it'd be far it would be far more interesting to um have him uh paralyzed and sitting in a wheelchair in a wing at lower Loxley slowly drinking himself uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think Nigel in a wheelchair would have been quite good actually um I, mm-hmm. I, I think that they they kind of opted for the easiest one so uh Nigel um could he have been a bit like professor X
4: in the x men he's in a wheelchair <laughs> isn't he? <laughs>
6: Yes, it could have been like that. Might have gone the other way and uh, just, you know, taken the whole thing quite badly. Mm. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's difficult. I think it, I would have loved to have done Nigel, though, because uh, I do miss him. I, I really do. It's rare that I say that about fictional characters.
5: Do you remember Camberwick
6: Green? Yes. Yes, I do. When
5: I, when I think of Mrs. Antrobus, I always think of her as that old lady that used to get towed across Camberwick Green by those dogs, little yappy dogs <laughs> that would kind of go roaring along and she'd go sort of hovering, not like she was hovering along behind them. I, I always mean, think, think of her like
6: that. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good one. One of the things that I've noticed about Ambridge, and I don't notice, I don't know if anyone else has noticed this as well, but there are a distinct lack of pets.
5: Yeah, a lot of people have said good. that actually, yeah.
6: Um, and a few odd cats, but, but really, uh, there seemed to be a, a, a real kind of lack of pets. I think there's a guinea pig somewhere, isn't there? Uh, I think, uh, didn't um, Will buy George, George a guinea pig,
5: yeah. mm. which I think has since disappeared. Well, Aid probably shot it already. So <laughs> <Yeah. possibly. laughs> oh, Je- uh, Jane Roth from The Book of Face says she loves you, and she no, said, better. especially that one with the sheep in the tree. Do you feel that using fuzzy felt might be more of a match? She thinks that Fallon
6: <laughs> would agree. Oh, gosh, I love fuzzy felt. I haven't seen that in years. <laughs> um, I like the cheap upper tree as well. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't think I could do it in fuzzy felt. There's something really nice and tactile about, yeah. about Playmobil figures and unlike lego figures it takes some to break them apart so they feel quite solid and, and because this lot here they they take a beating each week they really do <laughs>
4: Now Kate Nichols says she loves the Plarchers and she's even considering going on Twitter just so she can see. So I don't know you're getting some backhanders from Twitter there but well well done. Uh, Now she wants to know exactly how long it takes to create a character because you always get them just right and she loved the ferret and what has been the most challenging scene so far?
6: Okay, Um, how long does it take to create a character? Well like I I said, really, they. as soon as I see a Playmobil figure, I've got an idea of who they're going to be. Um, how long does it create to, to do all the photos for uh, a particular omnibus? It actually probably in total takes about four hours. Um, it can be quite quite long and sometimes, sometimes it can be so difficult. You just can't work out how to get the angles
4: is it really tricky working with that, uh, you know, kind of like uh, Playmobil characters? Is they moody, they stroppy, they have riders, <laughs> you know?
5: It's a lot of ego, a lot of ego. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah um, they're, they're,
6: they're divas. Um, mainly, it's the fact that they don't really have action, they can move their heads. They, followers of the Planchers will know that there are two basic emotions smiley and then shock horror with their arms in the air and, and that's basically <laughs> it they, they, they yeah, don't that's really pretty much like right, the actual
5: archers so I'd say that's <laughs> fairly realistic <laughs> they, they, they don't
6: really know so, so the hardest scenes are always the scenes the sad scenes or the angry scenes because of course the figures have always got these ridiculous smiles on their face <laughs> um, which I quite like actually it, doesn't, it does make me laugh the, the flooding scenes I did think how are we going to do this and it took a. The more that week went on, and the, <laughs> the more I was thinking, I wish i would never started this. Um, but the great thing is that that Baco foil. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't use the brand. Other tin foils are available. Um, <laughs> the great thing about tin foil is uh, that that it, it on on in a photograph, if you get the angle right, it it does just look like water. So that was quite useful. Um, but sometimes I do I do think that the scriptwriters are just trying to test me. <laughs> I'm sure they're not, but sometimes it just feels... <laughs> I just think, listen, I think, right, that might be a bit of a challenge.
4: Well, talk, talking about a challenge, right. Now, uh, the plot itself isn't without controversy. Now, Dog Point has basically pulled you to task by saying you need to look at the stereotype and the gender roles that are shown. So, AJ, how do you respond to criticism that your portrayal of women of Ambridge has set back the course of gender equality in a hundred (laughs) years?
6: I like that question. Um, I I would say, um, as any good PR person would, that um, really I'm very much tied by what Playmobil create. Uh, So I would say... So it's their fault. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I don't know. I, I think I tried to, to be quite kind of true to the scripts. So, can I blame the archers as well?
5: <laughs> yes, of course. Cat <laughs> um, Mab says she wants to know, or he wants to know, did you find non wedding Ed? Oh,
6: yes, I did. Um, There is a story behind that. Uh, in order to make um, the wedding groom Ed, I had to borrow Ed's hair and stick it onto the groom so and <laughs> plainfield figures without any hair on just they're very difficult they kind of merge into the box um either that or he'd been out on an adventure we live quite near two pubs uh so either he, he just disappeared down the pub for for the best part of 24 hours but he know he's back in the box and he will be all ready for the next of ed's scenes Hooray. i was quite upset actually because i like ed
4: <laughs> no we're big Ed fans aren't we Lucy yes now um, kind of wrapping this up with, with listener questions Sue Archer who is at Sue Archer number six on the Twitter says that she loves you and
5: Nancy Dickey says I don't have any killer questions but I wanted <laughs> to say that I love the Plarchers very clever and very funny and thank you
6: oh no thank you it's um, it's lovely when people say that
5: well
4: that's all you ever get is nothing but plaudits. because excuse the French's fucking ace. And, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I've been holding back all the way through <laughs> no, this.
6: No, no, it is. It really is.
4: And, you know, it just absolutely kind of like make, makes my week when I look at the kind of the, the hashtag The Archers uh, Twitter feed. You know, you get these and you get so many retweets and it is a, an absolute stroke of genius. I
6: know. I, well, but... I... Thank you. I, I, I want to say thank you to everyone because all the comments and all the favourites and the retweets it, it 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 does actually mean a lot. I just I wish that I could get that for our, for the company I work for for their <laughs> Twitter account. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's <been> much harder. <laughs> but I, I'm a big fan of of, of everyone who, who takes part on the uh, on the hashtag on a Sunday morning. There's mm. so many things that that are just very very funny and. Um, people say the nicest things so it's it's i never really expected it to take off the way it has
5: well they are well deserved
4: absolutely and on that note i think we should lucy
5: yep what what am i going to say now go to the phone lines spot on hello ambridge
2: 3962
6: Hi there, you two. It's Jacqueline Berto from Sanguine, Brittany. Just f- finished listening to last week's Omnibus. Oh, well, that was a bit of a disjointed week. And where in the world is the world's most hated man? Having won the single wicket competition, he seems to have been lost. Hm, let's hope he won't be found.
4: Bye! Uh, but just before we go on to the next call, Jacqueline Berto, you are most awesome. Did you know Lucy? Mm-hmm. Do you, know, you Well, did you know? Do you know what she does for a living? No. She's a politician, she's a local uh, councillor in San Juan. Really? She, last year, she was elected to the town council. And now, um, I'm going to keep a little bit shtum about this, but she is prepared to do something quite big and awesome and organise something. And if you listen to the last podcast, you might be able to figure out what that uh, is going to be. But. Uh, she says she's willing to do it, uh, but we don't know. We don't want to burden her with work if there isn't going to be the demand for it. So that's all I'm going to say. If you listen to the podcast, you've, you'll have more than just an illusion as to what I'm talking about. When there are more details, we'll furnish you with them, and uh, you never know.
5: Well, I hope other people
1: have because I haven't got a bloody clue what you're oh, talking gosh,
4: about. Oh, Yes, <laughs> you have.
5: I know. I know.
1: <laughs> Hi there, Dumpty Dum. It's JoJo Sexy Heels here. I have just finished listening to the podcast, which is as tremendous as always. My prediction is that Toby Fairbrother is the new Nigel Pargiter. I just want to know who's got the gorilla suit because he's going to need it. And my prediction is that in about ten years' time, we will hear the wedding bells of Toby Fairbrother and Lily Pargiter. Over to you guys. Oh, and by the way, Royfield, with all the talk about rat traps, can we have a bit of the Boomtown rats in the background? OK, bye now.
5: Oh, oh Jojo Sexy Heels. Is Toby Fairbrother the new Nigel Pargiter? No, he is not nice enough. Nigel was a prat, yes, but he was benign and kind.
4: And he was a gentleman.
5: And Toby is an arse.
4: Mm, he's not a gentleman.
5: Not. I don't mean he's a bit of an arse. In a nice way, he's a nasty ass. <laughs> he is. What are you laughing at?
4: No, it's just a nasty ass. He needs wiping. Um, <laughs> do you think we get some Sarah Smith cloth on his ass then, Lucy?
5: <laughs> <laughs> I would not dream of putting a nice Sarah Smith cloth anywhere near that ass. <laughs> But I don't I, understand, why the hell are they going into business together when one, I mean... No, you know, because it's,
4: it's, it's familial, isn't it? And you're probably so Rex fu- is
5: just like a rescuer only he, he needs to sort of help his brother out. And yeah,
4: possibly. and maybe, you know, they've got it from on high, from, the, from you know, some other generation of the fair brethren that he's supposed to help guide his brother and blah 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 and maybe that's the reason why they have the money to help put him straight whatever blah 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 but i'm i'm not that interested in the pair of them but not at the moment anyway i'm not Mm -hmm. writing them off but at the moment, um, it's good that it's been quite clever in that at first we didn't know who was who, but slowly, but well, actually quite quickly now, they have distinct personalities. I still don't know which is who, which is who when they're mm. speaking. Yeah. Uh, you know, but uh, let's hope that we get interested in them soon.
5: Mm. Yes, that would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> let's hope they do something interesting soon. Witherspoon! with a Witherspoon's corner.
3: Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy.
0: Greetings from Witherspoon and Angus Haggis to Lucy Royfield and all the dumpty-dumbers around the world. We're looking forward to this weekend's journey to the village of Kinderhook in the Hudson River Valley. It should have particular interest to Royfield, as it was the birthplace and home of the eighth American president and the first president born after the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Martin Van Buren. Another anecdote is that Van Buren was associated with the possible origin and definite popularization of the term OK, as he would follow his signature with those initials standing for Old Kinderhook. Isn't that interesting? Following up on the topic of love, evolutionary biology, or social construct, it's complicated like timey-wimey stuff. Much research is being done on the topic, as was alluded to last week. Here's a little of what we do know. Hormones and neurotransmitters are very important. Initially testosterone and estrogen, followed by adrenaline, dopamine, and serotonin. Studies have shown that people who have recently fallen in love have higher levels of cortisol. What helps continued monogamy? It appears to be oxytocin, which is released by the pituitary gland so Kate must have very little of that hormone. Interestingly, oxytocin also appears to be a mediator in the relationship between dogs and owners for both animal and human as Angus stares at me and I return his gaze, thinking sadly of Linda and Scruff. Now, a little sympathy for Christine, please. She's 83 years old, a widow alone, having gone through two major, major traumas in addition to her husband's death, The mental health needs of older people are severely neglected, so I would suggest therapy. When do I not suggest therapy? And perhaps some medication. I definitely agree that the laurels is not the answer. Or Christine, Peggy, and Jill can move in together. The Ambridge answer to the Golden Girls. Thank you for being a friend. Well, Angus is tugging at the lead, so time to go now. Till next week.
7: Hey, baby, I hear the
3: blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy.
5: I always thought that... Because I actually bizarrely looked up the origins of the phrase OK the other day because one of my children asked me mm. where it came from. Mm. And I was t- told or found out that it was from all correct, deliberately spelt wrongly, which was used... to So O-R-L and then K-O-R-R-E-K-T mm. to to highlight the spelling inadequacies of a local politician and he says okay was how old old kinderhook which is what martin van buren used to sign himself off as Mm. so who knows i don't know i'm very muddled now um can i tell you
4: something about martin van buren what he is the only president of the united states who had english not as his first language
5: really was he german
4: no, of Dutch parentage. Dutch.
5: Okay. Oh
4: yeah. yeah. Oh, and why do I know that arcane bit of information, Lucy? Because
5: you do a podcast called Ten American Presidents Royfield
4: Oh, and did I tell you that it got into the uh, top uh, top 100 iTunes charts in the UK and the US?
5: You have mentioned that one or 200 times. Yes.
4: Okay, great. All right, then well I don't <laughs> need to belabor that
5: anymore. Right. Guess how old Auntie cardboard is. Um she is 80. 83.
4: Ooh. pretty close.
5: Mm. See, because they're actors, they sound too young, don't mm. they? Because they've all got really beautifully modulated voices, they've kept up the strength in their voice, so their voices don't sound weak and therefore they don't sound old. So but, I was really surprised at that. Well, apart, apart from Joe Grundy, who tells everyone, I'm 93. Yes, you're right.
4: You know. <laughs> but no, a few podcasts back, I actually said that our voices don't necessarily age mm. as chronologically yeah, same, yeah. as you know our bodies. Uh, but and, and when somebody when somebody is, let's say, in their seventies and their in their eighties, you're confronted by the visage, physically, what they what they look like, as opposed to actually what they sound like. Mm you know but anyway mm. moving swiftly on it, it didn't witherspoon basically agree with me that we need to be less mean on anti-cardboard
5: yes without
4: actually saying that that was the compelling no. thing
5: <laughs> he very he carefully en- refused to agree with you yes yes even though he Good agreed with
4: me he refused to acknowledge <laughs> that he agreed with me
5: did he send you cake no he did not
4: it's it's gonna come though isn't no. it witherspoon <laughs> 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 next caller in a R- row
5: Um, the next two we're going to jam together Blythe Spirit and Yokel Bear Mm. who kind of agreed with each other
7: hello dumb stomach Yokel Bear here calling from the UK's alternative capital city Swindon quite a bit this week I want to talk about hell to start with Um, I was listening to Friday's episode and I've decided finally I can define what hell means it's hippies with burning cedar branches Um, Kate's party was crazy cringingly bad. Just awful. Just And then the thought of Brian turning up in his dressing gown as well. But Kate, oh God, she's I hate her so much. But I kind of love her as well. Um, she reminds me of so many people that I met when I lived in Brighton. Oh God, you don't know the half of it. Um, it's uh, She's a great character. But I found that episode... It pushed so many buttons for me, I really just, I just couldn't, I couldn't ever go to a party like that, or a house blessing like that, because I would, I I would just giggle all the way through it, mainly to compensate for the horror of being there, but it was a great episode anyway. But the other big mystery this week is, um, talking of Brighton, what happened in Brighton? When Rex said to Toby, we don't want it to be like Brighton again, I want to know, I demand to know what happened in Brighton. I know what happens in Brighton should stay in Brighton, but in this case, I think it should be broadcast nationally to every artist listener. I'm intrigued. I'm really, really intrigued.
1: Hello Dumpty Dum, Spirit calling. Just caught up with the omnibus and I have to say I'm enjoying the Kate saga hugely. Um, She really is beyond belief, isn't she? Um, And I don't think anyone could fail to miss the irony of her attempting to clear out any past negativity from her cottage only to replace it entirely with her own. She really is persona non grata at the moment, isn't she? There's Phoebe who can't stand her, Brian who's angry with her and Toby who's emerging as this rather dodgy unpleasant Rue who doesn't want anything to do with her so yeah and I think she's really a quite a good object lesson in that you get what you give um I have to say I wouldn't have missed Brian turning up in his dressing gown to diffuse that fire alarm I wouldn't have missed that for the world that was really really amusing very enjoyed that very much the main thing that really came across from this week though for me was that the episodes were kind of a meditation on the nature of friendship and there was a great deal of humanity and some really lovely little moments going on Mike in the Cider Club with his friends, reflecting on the past and basically saying that he wouldn't have got through without his mates, which I thought was you know really nice. And even Susan, in her kind of keeping up with the Joneses, kind of clumsy Thatcherite way, has decided to organise a cocktail party no beer and Skittles for her because that's what Jennifer would have done to to see off Mike and Vicky uh, into their new life. And yes, OK, there's a social patina there. She's still social climbing and uh, putting up a front. But, you know, she, underneath all of that, she is thinking about her friends and wanting to do something nice for them. What really came across for me, though, was the relationship between the senior ladies. And I was really, really touched by their concern for Christine. Um, I thought that was really nice. And taking her out for the day, looking after her, buying her a fuchsia. They're all symbolic of... The really tiny but kind of significant things that people do for each other in friendship, just tiny little gestures, small things, but they mean quite a lot. Um, And that was really, really emblematic, I think, for me, of the nature of friendship across the ages as well. From old to young, we had an example of it and the camaraderie that goes on, you know, no matter what age you are. Anyway, this week I have to say, crotchety person that I am, actually left me with rather a warm fuzzy feeling. But a really nice balance of humour and irony and touching little scenarios. So, all in all, really, really good week. Um, I have
5: decided that I am Yokel Bear's secret twin. As every time I listen to his call, I just sit there nodding and going, yep, yep, yep. He just says exactly what I think about everything. Um... The, the, the fact that she sort of she has no shame we're embarrassed for Kate she doesn't care because she doesn't have any shame um, Kate, uh,
4: the, Kate the, does the, have a modicum of shame and, and we discussed that because she she does have a modicum yeah. of shame because she very yeah, it, but she, it's, you know she reversed out of that uh, fair brother uh, situation with a dignity mm, you know you know intact considering she'd chased him halfway throughout the county for, for a whole yeah. week and a half
5: but the brass neck of her when she's saying um You know, she's talking to Fallon and saying how hard it is for people like us who can't afford a home.
4: And she just and and she's saying
5: that standing in the kitchen of the house that her father bought her.
4: Yeah,
5: (laughs) and Fallon's kind of going, "Mm Mhm. this Mm -hmm. kind of incredibly non-committal, resisting the urge to smash her over the head. No, it,
4: it does show that she's incredibly unaware. And you know, as far as she's concerned, she's a great earth mother, eco-warrior, ethically, she's incredibly pure and straight and incredibly virtuous. But, um, as I said before, I actually felt sorry for her this week. Mm. And she is um, somebody who is very alone and, and I think she's more aware of it than, than we give her credit. You know, she blusters away. And because she was somewhat spoilt by her father when she was growing up. Um, she no, it ne- was her
5: mother, really. It was Jennifer. Mm. It was always Brian who, who kind of said, what's she done now? She was always... No, conce- that, you know, that, that is true.
4: But uh, financially... She's been always been taken care of. She's, she's, been, she's been bailed out. Yeah, and bailed out and, and kind of taken well, care of. Well, she's, had she's never had to actually live with any of
5: the consequences no. of anything that she's done.
4: No, 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 no.
5: Well, that's not
4: quite true. I because, mean, financially. Because, well, you know, she's had to
5: live with losing her children. Yes. Well, one she just dumped, the other two she lost.
4: Mm. But look, all things considered, a certain amount of pathos with that character now and. I think it's going to reveal itself from, from here on in because she cannot be in that house all by herself with no Phoebe. She, as according to her, half the reason why she's come back to Borsetshire is to be with her daughter. Mm. Yes, it's because she got kicked out of South Africa, but, you know, to be with her daughter and she's travelled, what, 8000 miles and her daughter, you know, doesn't even want to be within half a mile of her that's going to that that realization is going to hit home to her very soon and we've got to see that aspect of Kate she can't be this always incredibly unaware blunderbuss you know there's got to be Mm. uh, this element where she goes you know what I do need to look at myself
5: yeah well I don't know I know people who've (laughs) Who are in their bath chairs who still haven't had that realisation yet. But maybe it'll come for Kate. Who knows?
4: Um, Or at least she needs to slightly wrestle with it. She needs mm. to say, is my view of the world and how people operate within it correct? You know, Mm. even if she just has a little internal monologue with herself, a little argument Mm. with herself, and then she just goes back to being Kate. Then that is going to be, you know, incredibly realistic. Because you cannot be... She cannot have three children, and all three of her children despise her, don't want anything mm. to do with her, you know, yeah. and, and and be an earth mother. Yeah, You just can't be. And and, and she is intelligent. She's got no social intelligence. There's gonna come a point, she's gonna say, why is it that other, other parents have children and they do things together? And why is it that mm. mine don't Skype me from South Africa and my daughter
8: doesn't wanna be with me? Mm. But anyway, yeah. I'm just repeating myself.
4: But I, I, I feel a little bit sorry for her.
8: Greetings, dumdy dummers everywhere. It's Andrew Horn here. A couple of thoughts. Following up the conversation about um, love and madness, um, just think back last year to Roy and uh, Lizzie, tent flap gate. Roy's behaviour that uh, summer was indeed mad. In fact, I think several people referred to it as a type of madness. So absolutely with you, Lucy, on that. Pip. I agree, I don't think she will take up this job, I think she'll, she will stay, why bring in a, uh, a new actress and then shunt her off. Of the various options that uh, we've uh, been talking about, staying because she's pregnant with Rex's child I think would be very poor, weak and not in character at all. Most likely being replacing Ruth while she's up looking after Heather Pet in the north however i do think that they will kill heather pet off at the end of june because that is when they were going to move up there and there will be a sort of a a timing irony just as they would have would have moved up had they sold brookers that she uh, pops her clogs which i said all along she would do so uh, end of june please uh the end of heather pet and then one final thought, I, I was amused that um, Brian had the grand march from Aida, Verdi's Aida playing as uh, he got into his bath, which, which I thought was a bit strange as a choice. Um, in the opera, originally, it's a, it's a big, big uh, procession featuring elephants, live elephants on stage in the, uh, in the premiere. And um, I suppose his house, uh, home farm, has been a bit of a procession of the exotics recently with uh, Lillian coming to stay and, uh, and Kate. But it did, did amuse me. Um, I think I would have had, if I was having opera, it would probably be the humming chorus from Madam Butterfly. But um, yes, I did, did start me thinking about, well, what would I play in the bath? Anyway, that's enough rambling for me, so speak to you all soon. Toodle-pip.
5: Andrew Horn. Mm-hmm. who, as is befitting a, a founder member, in fact, the only member of the Lucy <laughs> <Lisa laughs> Freeman fan club, <coughs> um, uh, agrees, agrees with me and uh, about Roy and Lizzie, love and madness. Mm. Well, no, not about, about love and madness. And and he said, you know, look at look Roy and Lizzie, look how completely nuts Roy went just with infatuation. And he was acting like a thing possessed. He was just ready to chuck in everything for mm. basically a an urge um he also agrees that Pitt won't take the job that they'll kill heather pet he reckons they're gonna kill heather pet off at the end of june because that's when they were due to move up to Prada anyway mm. so there'll be a sort of a synchronicity about that yeah um i'm not sure we should be booking people in for death andrew it's it's <laughs> it's kind of leaving me with a bit of an old taste about that but anyway um and he noticed as well, Brian, listening to The Grand March. Um, and... Do you have Yes, a, he, you he reckoned would... that he, he had a different tune that he would play in the bath. What would you play in the bath? Well, I'm not
4: big on my in, uh, intimate knowledge of uh, classical works uh, coming from uh, an estate in Brum. But kind of halfway down that road... So you bas- don't
5: have to not come from an estate to like oh, classical. Oh
4: shut up! Vi- shut up! I got <sighs> you know. I grew up on a whole diet of kind of reggae and electronic music, and for me, Radio Three was a discovery round about the age of twenty. I okay. didn't grow up with Vivaldi and with Bach and you know. um etc i didn't i didn't come from i came from a traditional dare i say immigrant working class background where that wasn't that wasn't our music mm. it's great it's smashing mm. it's super right but um so if i was in the bath a little bit of sebastian tellier now he did this song called i'm gonna i'm gonna butcher the pronunciation of this La Ritennel. And it's the most beautiful uh, piano, very orchestral and classic sounding piece of electronica. And it's this kind of clever electronica that doesn't sound like it's electronic music because he is he's a producer, an electronic producer, but he does these things with pianos and strings and it's incredibly stirring. And it was an absolute dance floor smash in the mid 2000s and DJs would play it but just this clear the dance floor because you can't dance to it <laughs> you cannot dance to it at all but it is beautiful beyond uh, belief and i'll whack it at the end of dumby jumps so people can oh, actually cool. hear it it's one of my favorite pieces of music and it's the type of thing that i would chill out to in the bath or a little bit of air and air and this whole thing about kind of this yeah, whole. i like look,
5: air as well
4: the french in the early 2000s to the mid 2000s killed it with electronic beautiful music mm. and uh sebastian tellier it was like the most cerebral but air oh bloody beautiful mm. what about you what are you listen to in the bath lucy
5: what would i play in the bath mm. hide and seek <sighs> <laughs> right do treats of the week <laughs> <laughs>
4: Uh, after an ad break, yes.
1: Hello, I'm Sarah Smith, proud sponsor of Dumpty Dum. If you want to polish up your Albion, give your optics a wipe, or even mop up after your ferrets, Sarah Smith cloths are eco friendly, reusable, and washable. And, you know, a bit posh. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's for the posher washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. Fancy getting your mouth round something warm? Something comforting you can really get a firm grip on? Why not buy a Dumpty Dum mug from the shop at dumptydum.com? Goes down lovely. Um,
5: my name is Kate. My name's Jo. My name's Nicola. My name is Suzanne
1: Me. My name is Mary Parkinson.
6: I'm in Hope House as a client. Um, I have had addiction issues um, throughout Hope, my has. life, including um, um, an eating disorder, heroin,
1: crack, um, addiction, addiction, drugs, methadone, addiction, alcohol. I'm here because it got really bad. Hope House started off as an eight-bed unit in Maida Vale, and um, we're an all-women unit. I have
4: read an article about Hope House, some months before, and when I read about it, what I read or what I took away from the article was that this was a place where women worked to help other women.
0: Coming soon to iTunes, 1001 Conversations, a new
6: podcast from Royfield Brown.
2: Good day, everyone, Millie Bell here. Sharon Evans this week. In Upstairs at the Ball says, You just have to accept it and move on. Peggy, you unempathetic old harridan. Christine was flooded and looted five minutes ago while you sat at home stroking your surviving pussy like a thwarted Bond villain. Rupert Brunn in Ambridge Addict said, Auntie Cardboard's lost interest in her garden. There's no future in it. Well, somebody had to say it, didn't they? Jackie Phipps in Ambridge Addict said, Jill is being very hypocritical with poor Christine. Surely she remembers how she felt after her burglary incident and has now decamped to live with David et al. Patti Smith said, Jill should be a little more understanding of Christine's plight, considering she wouldn't wait to leave Glebe cottage after she was burgled. When Peggy and Jill were discussing Christine's plight, they talked of the laurels as if it was room 101. It's not a jail. She will be able to do everything she used to do without the hassle of running and maintaining a house. Alexia Nicole in Archer's appreciation says oh dear the actual shame of saying can't you say something better has come along and the answer clearly being no leave me alone you scary desperate woman I did imagine Kate to still have a strangely purple tinge though maybe that put him off and Sherman also wanted to comment in Ambridge Addicts about Kate and said oh look Kate it's Friday time to move out Anne Sherwin in Ambridge Alex wanted to point out that her fa- hay fever is terrible this morning and was bad yesterday and she wondered how Linda is doing this summer because it hasn't been mentioned and it usually is. Now Jennifer Preston in Apprecious Archer's Appreciation asked the question that I was busting to have answered. What happened in Brighton? Toby. We, we didn't get told what happened in Brighton. We want to know please. Helen. Buzz Dugan in Upset at the Bull said, I predict Pip will start her new job and not last more than a couple of months in it. Two reasons. One, practical and one, ideological. Granny Heather's health will keep Ruth away a lot and David will be struggling to cope with Brookfield on his own. And she will find it increasingly hard to believe in the mega farm approach. At Webster, she'll return to Brookfield and to Rex. Susan Jones in the Artist Anonymous says, Are we heading for a point where Brian becomes so fed up with Kate's relentless antics that he cuts her off without a penny? It sounds as though she has no intention of doing exams or continuing with her course, so she will soon be free to seek full-time employment. Do people think that she actually has the capacity at 30-whatever to learn and change her ways if she is left responsible for earning her own keep? I'd like to see her left to try, but I'm not sure what the outcome will be. Simon George said, I've just listened to last night's episode and I would like to thank the script writers for that image of a wet, naked Brian scrabbling around the bathroom for his phone. He posted that up in Ambridge View. Oh, I have to say, Fiona Weir, Archer's Appreciation, put a fabulous appreciation bingo up. So you cross one off every time you hear some of the following and here are some of the examples. Uh, these are mainly posts from people I don't want any more new characters or where's Scruff or there are so many unfinished storylines or is that bottle empty already uh, the Vicar and Alan sound just the same oh they are fantastic appreciation bingo I, I encourage more of these I must say and we said we need to buy Kate a moving in present and we asked you lovely people on the Dumpty Dum page if you had any ideas Cara Littlewood warrior suggested a bomb Alison Jones said pictures of Nolly and Sifo as she seems to have forgotten her younger two children. Kate Newey said a framed copy of her university timetable, module outlines and deadlines for essay and thesis submission framed by the bill. Peter Mabook said suggest we could get her a life. Lisa Thompson said dummy's guide to parenting and a tool set to hang her dream catchers. Diane Telford suggested a fire extinguisher and a copy of How to Stop Being a Complete Arse. <laughs> Della Hickey said a gag. Rosie Taylor suggested a session with Linda to feng shui the cottage. Um, Andrew Mentz suggested some rattle powder. Susanna Taylor suggested hemlock. Uh, Catherine Bajant suggested large back of bark shippings and a six pack of spiritual dharmas. Doug Font, Font said a kick in the butt. So until next week. Thank you, Millie Bell.
4: That was great. And now let's see your hashtag the archers tweets of the week
5: Kate Marzillier, who said thanks for the tweet along this morning I'm off to get drunk on vintage burgundy invent a better rat trap while smudging a fate <laughs> 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 uh, Christine Adgo made a very good point and said I doubt Brian's wine is vegan yes yeah. ah. It's all very well for us to shift our principles sometimes, isn't it? Mm. MJH said, for those of you confused by which is which, like Anton Deck, Rex is always in the left stereo channel and Toby <laughs> on the right. Uh, if we had any ham, said, whenever Adam talks about farming, I have a little nap. It's the middle-aged variant of a drinking game.
3: <laughs> and
5: tweet of the week was Clary Love, who said... <laughs> Who said, I'm yet to be convinced that Mike won't find a toy milk float and decide to stay.
4: <laughs> Let's oh, hope. actually,
5: there's two tweets of the week. Because the other one, sorry, I know I'm not supposed to do this, was Willem Harvey, Get, who d- said,
4: Shall I blow my trumpet again then?
5: Yeah. He said, if I heard Vicky shout, Hello, surprise, I'd reach for my gun. Yes, that's it.
4: You know what, Luce? Yes. What? Those tweets, those hashtag the tweets of the week, they were good this week. Good. You know, some some weeks, they're not quite as good as others. But this week, I thought, you know, you found the best hashtag the archers. <laughs> tweets of the...
5: How, how do you manage to do that? What, what's the secret? <laughs> it is a uh, great skill and I work on it for at least six months beforehand.
4: <laughs> how is that even possible considering the tweets? i come lying. At... I'm lying. But you can't do that though. We're affiliated to a BBC <laughs> institution, and no, you're we're not.
5: We're w- not. God, take that out, otherwise. We'll oh be crumbs! Out- <laughs> We've already pissed off Baker Foil Playmobil. Let's not. <laughs> let's not add the BBC into the mix. All right. Should we just go to
4: Shop News then? Yes, that's okay, safer. Right. Yeah. Mm. Now, shop news, this week we spoke to Cafe Press, right folks, because you have been asking why aren't there any tea towels in our store? Now Cafe Press says, because we ain't got none. So uh, we asked them to and they says they're gonna look into it and they're gonna get back to us, but don't hold your breath. But at least I did ask. So what I might do is see if there isn't another store somewhere on the interwebs that allows you to print things on tea towels. And if there is, I'll whack them in our store. So all you people that want Dumby Dum logos on tea towels, you'll be happy soon. If not, you won't be. And and that's just tough. Sorry. Anyway, now this set... Oh, so this week we've had stuff uh, bought from...
5: Uh, oh, is that me?
4: Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul
5: Douglas London. You've
4: taken out what they've bought.
5: I have, because I hate it. <laughs> yeah. But Lucy,
4: the whole point is, right, that people go, oh, I didn't know they did T-shirts or I didn't know they did of course people
5: of know we do T-shirts. Everyone keeps posting pictures of themselves wearing the damn things.
4: OK, T-shirts is a bad example. That's the wrong example. But a splash of gin hip flask.
5: Yeah, that's OK. It's just the clothes I don't like. Anyway, you can say it. I'll just say my bit. And well, you you've taken all. it
4: out now, haven't you?
5: Well, it was my bit. I took out my bit.
4: Pamela Donaldson from West Sussex bought <laughs> oh, a Hello YouTube t shirt.
5: Andy Bent in Greater Manchester splash off gin mugs.
4: Now, uh,
5: remember, folks,
4: when you buy this stuff, to completely seal the deal, you need to then go onto social media where it's the Twitters or the Book of Face and go post a picture of yourselves. And Morgan NYNY NY did that on Friday, didn't he, Luce?
5: he did it was great yeah we and he very was... serious though didn't they uh,
4: but they were a handsome couple of work colleagues weren't they, they? Were. <laughs> with their dumpty dum mugs in they new were. york yes. probably some swanky kind of, also got skyscraper. Awful lot of
5: questions to answer for the next six months haven't they what's that <laughs> <laughs> i bet they wish they'd never done it
4: you too folks if you want to buy some stuff you can go to dumptydum.com forward slash shop to get your merch now Reviews, news, reviews. news of reviews. Like Where were you, Lucy? I sang. Did you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, now uh, we are four away from the big two hundred. We're at hundred and ninety-six. <laughs> if you can do the maths, these lovely people have helped us to get even closer to our goal.
5: Sandicated And
4: mm, now the, this one is going to be a bit of a puzzle. De regarde bird bird which that's is someone that
5: sat on the keyboard isn't it
4: yeah absolutely and decided to have uh, a bit of a laugh at our expense uh but they wrote a rather nice review um basically so please folks so you can retire this section head over to <laughs> itunes write that review and the 200th will get a dum dum mug and what else will they get lucy
5: and some sarah smith cloths into the bargain
4: Woohoo! Don't say that. we Don't ever skip. In in the week that mm-hmm. ha, how much did that couple win for the Euro Millions? Would you rather have the Euro Million that ninety six million pound payout, or would you rather have a dumpty dum mug and some Sarah Smith cloths?
5: Mug and cloths every time.
4: Exactly, exactly.
5: Did you see? Glyn Fuller loves just posted a picture of himself waving his cloths around.
4: <laughs> Bless him. No, is he doing like some kind of Morris dancer?
5: Yes, Sarah's very impressed. She says, "Oh, he's a dumpty dum celebrity."
4: <laughs> Isn't he just? Isn't he just
5: <laughs> uh, remember you can also be awarded the Order of John Archer by emailing us if your name is John, or you can prove that you have a real link to a gentleman who goes by the name of John and you will be knighted John the Eighth. You can also go to patreon.com, search for Dumpty Dum, and you can donate two dollars a show, which is about one pound thirty. And this week we have new patreons, and they are Rosie Taylor. Yokel Bear Sarah Harding. Uh, Sarah Harding. Isn't she the one from Girls Aloud?
4: This is Sarah Harding from Bristol, who I actually quite like. I've got a thing for for Sarah Harding from Bristol. She's a little bit feist on the old Twitters, like her lots. Ah. Mm.
5: And Doug Salty sea dog Font. Uh,
4: And also what's been lovely about some of the patrons this week is you've gone way above and beyond your $2 a show. So those people have done that. uh, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Thank you you very much. Now, um, if you just don't want to commit to a monthly subscription on your card and you do and you're all up to your knees in dum dum merch you can just donate by clicking on the donate button on dum and this week's donators were jim o'hara and kr whitbread remember you can send us a voice message via the site or you can call us on 0203 031 3105 an ordinary phone to leave us a message because that's what we need we need you to call in uh you can also ping us an email if you like or you can tweet me on the twitters where i'm at royfield which is roi for india f-i-e-l-d
5: me at lucy v freeman and or the... me oh is it me
4: no but, but well done
5: you're paying attention
4: <laughs> i like that you're the more on the of ball us... than
5: we are most of the time i tell you the both of us at dumpty dum or sarah smith at sarah underscore smith and of course you can follow the plarchers on the twitters at the plarchers
4: so please 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 keep those reviews coming because we want to be top of the podcast charts before brian beats kate to death with her own smudge stick (laughs) thank you for that aj you cloak and dagger genius you
5: AJ's got a great laugh. Can we hire her to just keep listening and just chuckle away all through the thing? It's great. I'd be more happy to do that. It's
6: <laughs> so can we get you get you on again soon? Yes, I'd love to. I'd love to. I
5: I'm I I want to talk about Kate.
4: Oh, all right. Go. <laughs> um,
5: yeah. Do I, to, I Do you want to talk about her now or do you want to have a think and ring in no, or something? No, I, no, no, I'll 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 have a, a think and, and ring in. I, I, I tell just... you what, the the phone lines have not stopped talking about Kate this week,
6: and that's what I love about her. <laughs> I, I used to hate
5: her. I used to hate her, but this this week was just a work of genius. It really was. <laughs> it was amazingly written this week. The gags yeah, this week what... were fantastic.
4: It, no, it absolutely was. And Friday's episode and the fact that it was to contrast two father and daughters. That's you exactly
6: know, what I was just about to say.
4: And how the one relationship is balanced. And, you know, there's a clear love between uh, the one set of the Archer's family and the father and daughter. And then the dysfunctional Aldridge, you know, side of, of the Archer's clan. But I actually feel sorry for Kate, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she's so, she basically is alone. It's not that she's a loner, but she's absolutely alone. A daughter can't stand her. Her father is just about given up, um, you know, trying to help her anymore. And, and it's counterproductive uh, to help her anymore kind of materially. She doesn't realise how good she's got things but she's absolutely self-obsessed but she i think Kate actually realizes she is alone and um, but uh, but how she masks that is this kind of supposed uh, theoretical great love of the world and community mm. and the environment and whatever so she's incredibly giving and and whatever but it is all incredibly narcissistic and it's all turned back on her kind of self-development but it's,
5: uh, it's she's she's aware that she's alone but she's completely unable to fix it because she has no empathy no she can't imagine how all, anyone else feels about anything no
4: all of her empathy is, is theoretical and, and yeah. political and, and, and ethical it's not actually human you know, she doesn't have those uh, real human relationships. And I just thought that Friday's episode was literally a stand up and clap in terms of, he's a father and daughter who work together, respect each other and absolutely love and understand each other. And even though David doesn't want uh, Pip to go away to to Brazil, he understands that she might have to. And interestingly for me, the you know a really telling line is, "Are you going to go and let your hair down after exams?" And she says, "No, well, you know, blah 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 blah." Whereas Kate, it's all about letting her hair down. Yeah, yeah. You know, when she
5: hasn't bloody done anything.
4: Absolutely. She, you know,
5: she's missed deadline because the next the new thing is that she's going to quit, isn't she? When she said, oh, I'm beginning to think that maybe my life's journey isn't this way. And Phoebe was going, what, 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 what do you mean, what do you mean? And, Mm. you know, the one thing that she's got that could be seen as semi-constructive in her life, she's just about to, you know, chuck that away as well.
6: But I thought that scene with Toby, when she basically realised that she'd been (laughs) used right royally, was incredibly, I, I thought that was incredibly well written and incredibly touchingly acted because i thought she had the timing on that just right actually yep. when that's that that kind of sudden sense yeah. of this man actually doesn't really like me and i have been used yeah and now how do i get
5: out of this in a way but i did i not- did actually feel a modicum of 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 sadness for her then well this is yeah it, but i know, thought definitely. she handled it really well yeah mm. me she too. just i don't think she, i would have been that no that she ever. was she kind of she came back and she kind of thought, okay, right, this is the deal, fine. And she sort of said, "Oh, look, here's your brother who you were texting, and he's he just walked through the door." And he said, "With your busy, well, it's been great," and just sort of sarcastic and resigned and everything all at yeah. once. I thought that was mm. brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And so, I wish she'd I... use she'd use that. She's obviously very intelligent, and you wish she'd use that intelligence for something useful yeah. rather than just turning it inward like some massive stupid laser. And just magnifying herself. She could do a lot of good if she actually looked out, not in. Yeah. So
4: being as there's no Nigel and you love Nigel, who's your favourite character at the moment, AJ?
6: Oh, that's. I think that's really, really interesting because I have a uh, soft spot for Will and I think that will probably be... Uh.
4: Right, let's move on, Let's
6: wrap this show up. Not <laughs> necessarily my 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 favourite, but I can I do understand slightly why he's the the colossal pain in the backside that, or he has been. <laughs> it, it, I don't know whether he whether the the whole kind of um, wedding reconciliation is a is a long term thing. Well, I hope it is, but I I do understand why he why he's been like that. But who's my favourite favourite character? Oh, that's a toughie. That really is. I'm just trying to think: is there a character that I look forward it's to Fallon.
4: getting at? I. If if you need to think, let's just say Fallon. Oh, <laughs>
6: Fallon's just rock, what cool full stop. She's amazing. <laughs> well, you know. Mm, I... Do you not like her?
4: No, no. I, I love Fallon. That that she she's my she's my favourite character. But she's changed somewhat. She's changed somewhat from how at least I pictured and remembered her. Kind of like mid to late kind of 2000s and stuff, you know, where I think she was a a little bit slightly too cool for school and, you know, singing in an indie band, etc. But you know what? She's growing up. She's grown up. So, you know, time moves on.
5: I didn't... Did I miss it? Why wasn't she drinking at Kate's house cleansing ceremony?
6: I assumed that was because she was driving.
5: Ah. But it
6: it wasn't mentioned. So...
5: Hmm. But I assumed
6: that, that that was that was. Um... I'm such
5: a conspiracy theorist. I like, was like, Ah, it's, it's like, like on if you're watching ooh, a Miss Marple. Ooh, oh, that's all. And, yeah, right, and you things. think, Ah, oh, well, no, look, did you ooh. see? She said she was allergic to pears. Ah ha ha! You see, <laughs> uh, and i go into oh, full on Miss Marple mode.
4: Oh, well I, done, Lucy.
5: Tangle myself oh, up,
6: Lucy. Uh, that's amazing. I'm going to go in a way. I might have to start looking up pregnant. Uh, <laughs> Wait a, a minute, figured. you didn't
4: do a scene about that that line of dialogue there, AJ. <laughs> how (laughs) derelict of you
6: (laughs) yeah I missed that one
2: (laughs) Sebastian Tellier's La Ritournelle the humming chorus from Madame Butterfly followed by the Grand March from Aida by Verdi welcome to songs I play in the bath where's the soap? yes it does rather doesn't it it does rather, doesn't it? Robber ducky, you're the one, the one that makes my bath
1: time fun. Robber ducky, I'm awfully fond of you.